0: Hello, 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 and welcome to another fantastic episode of Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable Discussion. Before we get started, let me first remind you that we are covered by the BIPCOT No Government License, which allows for the use and reuse of this program by anyone and everyone except for government and the bludgies thereof. You can learn more about that at BIPCOT.org, that is bipco dot O-R-G. We're also protected by Brandenburg v. Ohio 1969. Which ruled that the government cannot punish inflammatory speech unless that speech is quote uh, directed to inciting or producing imminent lawless action and is likely to incite or produce such action. Therefore, everything we say here on Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable discussion is entirely hypothetical. This and is very epis- unlikely
1: to incite such action.
0: <laughs> you ne- you never know what's going to trigger somebody. That's true.
1: <laughs> there might be some some. Very sad people who actually went go, hey, this sounds like... A, these guys know what's going on. <laughs> i <Cueing> on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, but this is episode 108, I think, right? Something like that, 108? Yeah, it's 108. Yes, yes, it is 108. So, I have no fancy intro. It is only Andrew and I. So... Yep. I apologize in advance, <laughs> because there's not going to be many sexual innuendos on this episode.
1: Yeah, probably not. We need Derricka for
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> she did brag again on Facebook about her six-inch heels, <laughs> making her six, making her six foot three. No. massive. <laughs> yeah. And she did and she did share that pick in the telegram chat. Yes, she did. Oh. Lindsay was very happy about that. Oh I'm sure. I'm sure Lindsay was very happy. That made Andrew very happy. <laughs> I mean made for good times. Good
1: times were had by all.
0: <laughs> not by Jason. <laughs> well, maybe not by you, but well <laughs> no. no. But we have uh I don't think we have any good times like I didn't schedule any good articles like happy articles like like we have one funny article, but even that's a negative article. But like there's there's another one that we will laugh at because it's Canada. Oh, Canada. (laughs) Yeah, we'll save that one for last because we're not going to be able to breathe after that one. The Canadians are like, we don't know what you're talking about. eh? A guy got charged for not being a terrorist. Charged for not being a terrorist. For not being a terrorist. I'll leave that to your imagination. I'm not going to go into details on that. But a man in Canada got charged with a crime for not being a terrorist. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: hey, would you like to blow uh, blow something up in Montreal? No,
0: I'd rather not. <laughs> well, it's 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 a, it's a little it's more than that. It's more than that, but yeah. yeah but it's still, like <laughs> no, oh, straight to jail. What? <laughs> yes, then. <laughs> Well, as long as they say it's all right, eh?
1: Yeah. I wouldn't want to do anything that might offend somebody.
0: It's not a hojo's, is it? <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> oh, so all right, let's um let's just jump right into this and get to this this like there, there's two articles that are just really gonna piss us off and I want to space them out. One of them is Ed Brown, New Hampshire. Uh, yeah and the other one is this one um i just i like you know you got to hear the worst news first right and then you hear the good news so you feel a little bit better right good news bad news give me the bad news first
1: yeah but i mean it's it's an election year and it's like coming up (laughs) on november so there is no good news right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) well this one has nothing to do with elections why? Okay. It has to do with
1: COVID. <laughs> so there's bad news
0: that has nothing to do with anything. No <laughs> mask, no child, uh, or no mask, no child custody. COVID 19 is a new factor in family law.
1: Fucking just asinine.
0: Yeah. I, all, all four of us are parents. We all have kids. We've all have, I don't think any of us are with the original parents. Nope. No. All right. Uh, Melanie Joseph wants to see her son, but a judge won't let her for no reason except that she won't wear a mask. Joseph's 14 year old son has asthma, a condition that would put him at risk for contracting COVID 19 during the pandemic. Court filings show. Boward County Circuit Court Judge. Of course, it's fucking Boward County.
1: Yeah, why wouldn't it be?
0: Yeah, Boward Circuit Court Judge Dale Cohen called the mother and, quote, anti-mask person, who had the, quote, audacity to brag about it on Facebook. (sighs) Skip down a couple of paragraphs, because I don't want to read all that fucking... Propaganda bullshit. Yeah, it's the
1: how they mu- how they must now consider.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. they must no
0: what? Uh. Yeah. Uh, Bauer Minister of Judge Jack Turner said he expects COVID nineteen to come up in family cases for the foreseeable future. "Quote: You have one parent who's casual about the risk and the other who's hyper careful," he said. Uh, "Quote: We're going to see them coming to judges to resolve the differences." Quote, I don't think we're going to see more cases arise when schools open, or I think we're going to see more cases arise when schools open, depending on what happens next with the virus. Judges have been patient uh, in considering both sides of the coronavirus case, says Nicole Alvarez, who practices family law mainly in Bauer in Miami-Dade. Quote, the bar is still pretty high for the judge to change time sharing schedules. Um, From my experience, judges are not going to deviate from uh, from agreements for hypothetical reasons. Quote, you don't get to say you live in a low-risk area and you don't want the child to visit Miami or some other area with more cases unless someone comes out positive. Judges are sticking with the existing agreements. The article says that doesn't mean they're not willing to step in when they think the child's health might be at risk. (laughs) So, Joseph Melanie Joseph, uh, who moved to North Carolina or moved to North Carolina from Coral Springs at the outset of the pandemic's response, um, drew Judge Cohen's ire by posting a picture of herself maskless in the waiting room of her oral surgeon's office back in June. Quote: This is a quote from the judge. She's one of those anti-mask people, and she's got the audacity to post that on social media. She's going to wear a mask. If she doesn't, time-sharing is not going to happen. Cohen's pointed criticism came in an online hearing September 8th and prompted Joseph's attorney, uh, Megan Morrow, to ask him to remove himself from the case, which has dragged on for 13 years. The child at the heart of it is only 14. The judge declined, declined to remove himself. The judge said in-person visits would have to be supervised because he doesn't trust Joseph, 43, to wear a mask. And he would not consider a long-distance parenting plan, which outlines each parent's rights when they don't live in the same state between Joseph and her son, until the COVID crisis has passed.
1: I fucking just...
0: (sighs) This guy, I mean,
1: first of all, he should have recused himself immediately because he demonstrated immediate bias. I, super obvious bias. There is no fucking way he should be in this, involved in this case. At this, point. Mm. but not only that, but like he's he because of a single incident of her not wearing a mask, without, nowhere with, near with the out, child, without
0: context. Yeah, without context, po- it's just a picture posted on Facebook of her in the in the office of her oral surgeon. And there's no child present, nothing else. Uh
1: She doesn't have COVID. It's not like she tested positive and is licking the child or something like (laughs) off of this one thing. Then he goes, sorry, you don't get your kid anymore because I've been convinced by all this propaganda to be terrified of my own fucking shadow. Just just wait. Just
0: it gets better. Oh, I know it gets better. (sighs) Quote. This is a quote from the judge. When this pandemic is over and there's no cases and there's a vaccine, the mother is going to need a vaccine as well. When I have proof that everybody's safe and the child's not at risk or danger, then we can talk about a long distance parenting plan. (laughs) You can't force me to get a fucking vaccine. It's just it's. It's insane. And my, well, yeah, that, and can I
1: just point out that the vaccine that he's demanding she get right now, there's that per, the person who had the side effects where they said they killed God. I can't feel anything anymore.
0: Yeah, they went numb. They went like neurologically numb or something like that. Yeah,
1: like and and suffered like some sort of like dysphoria. Like
0: yeah, and even <laughs> and even at best, like if if everyone got a vaccine, like you're still only looking at like seventy percent. Hmm. So there's no way to eliminate the risk.
1: Well yeah, and the the thing is is it's not like like a coronavirus wasn't around before. Coronaviruses well, court, are yeah, along court, with rhinoviruses cause yeah, the common, common cold. cold.
0: There's like what 500 something, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, there's tons and tons and right? tons so, of them. There's COVID-19 SARS is still around.
0: That, yeah, COVID-19 just means that it was found in 2019.
1: Yeah, and there's well, I mean, there's SARS and there's MERS, and and like they're they're caused by coronaviruses, and they've been around for a very long time. And now you have just this novel one, allegedly novel one. I don't know exactly what's different about it since they've completely walked back everything that they said, doom and gloom about it originally. Uh, (laughs) so who knows at this point, but I mean, with no actual science, nothing to back him up whatsoever, no evidence being provided. Yeah. Uh, as to like her having it or putting that child at risk or anything else this judge just because he doesn't like her pol- her political statements has decided to take her kid away from her
0: yeah <laughs> uh, essentially denied her access to her son because she doesn't wear a mask but um, uh, to skip another couple article or paragraphs, uh, uh, ultimately, the issue of masks never made it into Cohen's written ruling issued last week, late last week, as he softened the vaccine mandate. Right. That was that was the uh, Florida softened the, the vaccine or the. Um, <sighs> yeah, ultimately, the issue of the mask never made it into Cohen's writing written ruling. That's Cohen's the judge issued late last week as he softened the vaccine mandate quote after a safe and reliable vaccination against COVID-19 is available the mother may be vaccinated and the child may be vaccinated thus eliminating that particular danger that's from the from the judge's order (sighs) joseph acknowledged in an interview this week that she posted a selfie taken in her oral surgeon's office in june uh quote no mask for this girl uh, was written in the caption At the time Joseph said there was no Carolina and she was alone in the Doctor's waiting room
1: And for that She's under no legal obligation And she's alone in the room But because of her politics I mean that's what It all amounts (laughs) to is it all boils down to Her politics and him Buying in to This hysteria and just not, Not listening or caring
0: Yeah uh, she accused the judge of letting his personal political views cloud his judgment in the case Quote, my case has been in the court system for a number of years And I have experience with this court proceedings, she said uh, Quote, what occurred is unconstitutional and should never happen to a parent right? I agree, I agree completely with that yeah. uh, The father's child thinks Cohen made the right decision Quote, my client has a legal obligation to protect his son Says Donna Goldman, the father's attorney Quote, this case has been going on for a long time, and the judge weighed more than just COVID. He made the right decision to protect the child's health.
1: Weighed more than just COVID? By what other things at all has this woman demonstrated that this, she could potentially ever conceivably be a risk to her own child's health? Oh, he he weighed more than that. Really? Because he he literally said that that was it. I... (laughs) i'm just you know uh
0: (laughs) it's it's like there's two things that first there's two things that that really just jumped out at me about this one like one is that people willingly allow total strangers to have this much control over their lives yeah to decide
1: what they're and i mean and like the with the person straight up saying earlier in the article with the, well, people are going to start coming to judges because one is super careful and one isn't. And so they're going to come to, why would you go to a judge to resolve that in what conceivable way is government better at deciding how to resolve this? than the two of you, the parents are.
0: Yeah, it's. And the, the worst part is this isn't the first time. This is this isn't the only situation like this. Uh, one of the paragraphs says uh, other cases followed across the country, many involving at least one parent working on the front lines of the crisis. And a uh, on uh, Orlando woman didn't want her ex-husband, a firefighter, newly engaged to an emergency room nurse, to share custody of the son. The judge sided with the father. Deerfield Beach case in April, a dermatologist had to fight for visitation of his six-year-old son because they were exposed to COVID so it's fucking
1: just uh-huh. just the idea the the audacity of the state as well to just feel that it has every moral right to just arbitrarily issue some sort of sweeping declaration that nope sorry, <laughs> you don't get your child anymore
0: I, well, the, the supreme court will tell you again and again and again that the government has no obligation to protect you but from a virus with like a ninety, what is it, ninety seven percent survival rate? Well, it's even it higher will... <laughs> than that. It's
1: because they, because they finally they quietly um, altered their uh, their numbers to not yeah. include people with comorbidity. And if you don't include people with any comorbidities, it is like a ninety nine point nine 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 seven percent that, yeah. <laughs> survival rate. Like. Yeah. It's the, the flu. Influenza A is literally more dangerous than COVID-19. <laughs>
0: the, the drive, after she picks him up, the drive from there to her house is, is literally more dangerous. Way more dangerous. <laughs> but it's just... It's, it's insane that strangers, strangers, total strangers have that much authority... Have that much control over people's lives, like, like what is the, what does the kid want? I don't see any of that in here. Yeah, nobody, nobody. But I mean,
1: the kid's what, fourteen? Fourteen. That kid is more than capable of telling you what they want. Yeah, and what they how they feel about it yeah. and things like that's <clears throat> there is you know. And the other funny thing about it too is what I've what I found out from talking to a friend of mine whose dad is actually a. Mm-hmm.
0: Um.
1: And I think actually a I want to say he's a cardiac surgeon. Yeah, cardiac surgeon. Um, apparently, if you have issues like asthma or um, like scarring of your lungs or things, you're actually less likely to die from COVID because the inflammation that it causes actually forces your air passageways open <laughs> <laughs> versus the way they are right now. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, wait, wait, so. If I get it, I'm actually less likely to die from it than if I had no issues whatsoever. So your decision is that I can't go to my mom's (laughs) because she doesn't wear a mask. And even though she doesn't have COVID and therefore mask or no mask would be entirely irrelevant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) and In North Carolina at the time of of the, of the, the photo, there was no mask mandate.
1: Yeah, right? no legal requirement for her to wear a mask whatsoever And she
0: mm-hmm. was alone in the room Yeah
1: <laughs> Tell me again <laughs> how this judge isn't just buying into mass hysteria
0: Yeah, uh, the, the, the quote <laughs> from the judge, right? Uh, quote, she's one of those anti-mask people And she's got the audacity to post that on social media She's going to wear a mask If she doesn't, time sharing is not going to happen Fuck you. <laughs> Twice with a cactus that's on fire.
1: Oh my god. Like that that that, that judge needs to be removed.
0: That from that is an, Ever, absolute, I ever that getting is an absolutely. Again. that is an absolute disbarring statement.
1: Cause you clearly are not biased, and then when you were asked to recuse yourself because you're so clearly not unbiased, you said no. You go no. Like, and what I've learned um, in the past is apparently in order to try and force a judge off of a case, you have to, like, really, really, really prove.
0: No, No judge wants to remove another judge.
1: Yeah, they won't. They generally, even if you do prove that they're clearly biased, they still won't necessarily get removed from a case. It's just absurd like at that point it would actually take like the state bar association to intervene
0: yeah good luck getting that to happen yeah are bar associations even meeting right now because of covid
1: uh probably not which means you have zero recourse yeah zero recourse in this case like you you go well would you please remove and the fact that i have to go you know like if i have a judge who's clearly not impartial the state basically says oh but he's he's the absolute master and commander in this room so you have to ask him
0: to remove himself well if he's biased why would he remove himself <laughs> Excuse me, Mister Bias, man. <laughs> yeah, will you, like, will you will you please leave because you're biased? Yeah,
1: like, are you kidding? Like, what on what planet do you think that that kind of an honor system
0: is gonna work? <laughs> I know. Let's let's have an informal vote in the courtroom to see if the judge should should leave. Yeah, like all oh, those. <laughs> are... <laughs> nope. Sorry, we all voted. What's that? I just. Oh my god. Uh, The judges' comments raised eyebrows among some right-wing libertarians who blame coronavirus for what they believe is the government's abuse of authority. Quote, you see them using opinion uh, grounded in science to justify government overreach, said Thal Bishop, editor at the Mises Institute, uh, a splinter of the Cato Institute. Quote, they far overstepped the justified powers of their office under the premise that we're in this emergency. Yeah. Yep, it's, it's completely... And for the Sun-Sentinel to quote the Mises Institute is fantastic. Yeah, that's...
1: I would not have expected. <laughs> like, as soon as he said it, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, they're actually... Huh. Well, then. But, I mean, they're also trying to do it in a way to see these people who are just like, oh, well, the government can't do that. Yeah, they that.
0: are. They, they they called them right-wing libertarians, also. Yeah,
1: as, as opposed to left-wing libertarians? <laughs> well, I'm a banana octopus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, when this pandemic is over and there's no cases and there's a vaccine, the mother is going to need to get a vaccine as well. When I have proof that everybody's safe and the child's not at risk or danger... Then we can talk about a long-distance parenting plan.
1: And then, and then, before he actually writes it and puts that on paper, he goes, oh, shit, that might actually be, like, challengeable and unconstitutional. Maybe I can't actually do that. Let me go ahead and just quietly change that to may. May,
0: yeah. Mother may get vaccinated and the child may be vaccinated, thus eliminating this particular danger.
1: Yeah, like... (laughs)
0: <laughs> again
1: it's... tell me how that isn't tell me how that isn't this knee-jerk hysteria reaction that clearly shows bias that initially you say things that you then realize are completely unconstitutional wildly authoritarian and way overstep your legal abilities and bounds and then have to walk it back but no 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 you're not you're not being prejudiced here at all when you initially react that way no 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 so what you're telling me is that you're unbiasedly an authoritarian psychopath <laughs>
0: Like I just Oh my god. Makes your head hurt, doesn't it? It does. It just well. You can't <laughs> You can't claim to be unbiased and then just emotionally react. Exactly. Like like just, like, like, <laughs> it's like if if we if we talk about the justice system, right? The justice system is supposed supposed to be fair and just and blind. Right? It's not supposed to take like Outside events into question to determine rulings, things like that, right? But they do. Like, humans are fallible, and I understand that, and I get that. But if we don't have some sort of defense in the system, some some, some sort of way to edit the system that can protect people from emotional bias, then it's a fucked up system and we shouldn't have it.
1: Well, there is a time, you know, there' was a time in this country where judges who were who were biased and things were actually like removed from the bench. Mm-hmm. There was a time in this country where the community would demand it so massively and angrily and basically threaten to, like, you know, lynch them if they weren't removed, and so then they would get removed
0: mm-hmm.
1: And that time is now past where everyone is so cowed. And they're so right now. They're all so scared of their own shadows, going, "Help me, Daddy, government, that <laughs> save me from the big scary virus." <laughs> that they they won't do anything. They sit there and they just watch and watch and watch. And it's right there. The tyranny is right in front of you. It's right there, uh-huh. and you just sit there and you
0: stare at it and go, "Well, somebody should do something." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I have I have the greatest urge to just like point to my patch and just start saying a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't do that because Brandenburg View, Ohio. Yeah, I get so, it. Somebody but...
1: should do something about things like that,
0: huh? <laughs> <laughs> Where's Perry? <laughs> right. But speaking of that, <laughs> dysfunctional justice system inflicts cruel, unusual sentences. Wow, Duh. <laughs> that's, that's 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 a decent segue. But uh, this article is actually co-written, co-written by Rod Blagovich. Like the, the, the article got me, but co-written by Rod Blagovich. You should huh. know that name. Right. Chicago politician. Yeah. So tried to sell Obama's uh, senatorial seat after he was elected uh-huh okay that's so what i was like co- by
1: <laughs> chicago politician. Uh-huh. that the justice system is corrupt co-written yep by a man who is a politician in one of the most corrupt yep. cities in yep. the
0: world what's what's it it's the the pot calling the kettle black you know takes one to know one this article. This article came out on October first. Uh, October first was the anniversary of Ross Ulbricht's arrest. Uh, right. So it's it's it was the October first is the start of Ross's eighth year in his cage. He was arrested October first, two thousand thirteen. So he spent seven full years in the cage. He's now working on his eighth year for a website. <sighs> for oh, yes allegedly running the website they still can't prove without a shadow of a doubt that he ran the website and he actually never actually admitted running the website but yeah uh so to the article um at 26 years old ross Ulbricht made history when he did something that many called genius he wrote code and created a website called silk road it was the first modern online free market where users could unanimous, or users could anonymously buy and sell goods and services, both legal and illegal. As a result of his genius, today marks the eight-year anniversary of his federal prison incarceration and in what is considered one of the worst travesties of our criminal justice system. Ulbricht was targeted, investigated, and prosecuted with zeal equated. To those like John Gotti, Osama Bin Laden, and Al Capone, he was ultimately held responsible for everything users listed on the site, and was convicted on all nonviolent charges, including conspiracy to traffic narcotics, money laundering, computer conspiracy, and engaging in continuing criminal enterprise. That would be that's the the, the Rico. The yeah, yeah. That's why they F- nailed
1: him with Rico, is because
0: they said it was an ongoing criminal enterprise. Yeah, hit him, hit him with the kingpin charge. Uh, Following his arrest in 2013, prosecutors also alleged that he planned murder for hire, although, curiously, he was never charged or prosecuted for this at trial, and the allegations were dismissed with prejudice by a U.S. district judge in 2018. Yeah, after they were
1: taken into account for his sentencing. Which is illegal. Yeah, because he wasn't actually convicted on them yet. Mm -hmm. Innocent until proven guilty. After they take those into account, then quietly... It gets dismissed Weird yeah. the prejudice, meaning he can never be charged with it again.
0: Yes. Uh, on May 29, 2015, now retired Judge Catherine Forrest, go fuck yourself, sentenced Ulbricht on five counts, all nonviolent. Her judgment for this first time nonviolent offender, two life terms plus 40 years without parole. That sentence amounts to two death sentences plus 40 years. Um, At first glance, given the government's charges and allegations and some media coverage, some may assume Ulbricht's sentence was reasonable. However, having overseen and conducted investigations such as these, the more we examine the overall case, the allegations, the trial, the end result, something just doesn't add up. Ulbricht's crimes really warrant life in prison. Why was Blake uh, Benthal arrested on the same charges as Ulbricht for running the larger copycat Silk Road 2.0? Released after two weeks by the same people who prosecuted Ulbrick? Why were two corrupt federal agents at the core in the investigation, with unfettered access to Silk Road, by the way, aggressively hidden from Ulbrick's jury? Why were the largest Silk Road drug dealers sentenced to 10 years and less? And if there were any tangible evidence that Ulrich planned to murder for hire, why didn't the government charge and prosecute him? Surely we'd know all of this and more, but we know nothing. Additionally, based on the prosecutors claims, uh, surely there would have been a two mile long out of the courthouse um, of two mile long line out of the courthouse of crime victims ready to testify against Ross Ulbrich. But there were no victims at the trial either. Ross Ulbrich was handed three death sentences essentially for being a reckless young idealist who had the audacity to use his genius to create a vehicle where others engaged in illegal Internet sales primarily of cannabis, undetected by the authorities. No victims were ever named at his trial. Um, He was never prosecuted for causing death or bodily injury to to anyone. Let us say that again. As a first-time non-violent offender, Ross Ulbrich was given two death sentences plus an additional 40 years. His case is going to
1: the... most infuriating examples
0: mm-hmm.
1: I've ever heard of why the drug war is fucking insane yep. and why thinking that the justice is the whole, oh, just fight it in court, thinking that that somehow magically is going to go mm-hmm. your, your your way. It's, no. You're, it, when you walk into a courthouse, you're walking into a, a casino. All of yeah. the odds are stacked in the house's favor. All of them. You mm-hmm. cannot possibly hope to win Unless you are an imbecile
0: Yep um, Yeah, two life sentences plus additional 40 years So he was given, he was given 200 years Right, life sentences, 80 years So 80, 80, 80, 160 Plus 40, 200 years According to a recent report from the United States Department of Justice More than half of violent offenders Serve less than three years in prison the average prison sentence in America for a convicted murderer is 16.5 years. Convicted rapists serve on average 9.8 years. and violent crimes like robbery or the taking of property by force or the threat of force, the average time is 4.7 years. In far too many cases, violent repeat offenders are under-sentenced, while non-violent first-time offenders like Ross are grotesquely oversentenced. Ross Ulbricht's sentence is an example of how wildly unfair sentencing disparities can be for offenders with similar charges. While Ross and every other prosecuted Silk Road defendant received far lighter prison sentences ranging from a high of 10 years to a low of 17 months. His case may very well be the most glaring example of how broken and deeply dysfunctional our criminal justice system is. In our American justice system, the underlying philosophy behind sentencing someone to prison is that the punishment should fit the crime. The United States Constitution guarantees every American equal protection under the law. But in this case, Ross Ulrich, who was never committed of a violent act and who was never convicted of any previous crime, that constitutional guarantee of equal treatment under the law and the idea that someone should only do the time that fits the crime is a big lie. Yeah, I mean, like things like mandatory
1: minimums make that a fucking lie.
0: um prominent legal experts who support ross's release from prison have expressed this view uh that his circumstances involved in the case raise serious fourth and sixth amendment constitutional issues particularly that of using allegations that were never proved in court to support a reasonable harsh prison sentences uh what they're referring to is for uh judge forrest she used the murder for higher charges that he never went to trial for And that would drop her prejudice, she used those as justification for the, for part of the RICO Act and, and the kingpin charges and, and the sentencing. So there's a
1: reason why Amnesty International is currently lists, uh, listing the United States as a high risk, uh, area for, um, uh, like the, with the unreasonable punishment or whatever. Um, You know, because Amnesty International, you know, normally when you think of Amnesty International, you think of like, oh, they're going into, you know, these authoritarian dictatorships where people are being imprisoned for being the wrong religion or, you know, for, um, you know, they're being executed for being gay or something like that's usually when you think Amnesty International amnesty international is what actively watching the united states and advises people that it is a high risk for you to be imprisoned unjustly we are an authoritarian dictatorship being watched by amnesty
0: international yep and it's um (sighs) there was appeals on this several appeals um uh, people appeal, appealed on behalf of Ross on this, and, it, and the the sentencing got upheld and, upheld and upheld and upheld and upheld, and the Supreme Court refused to take the case, or declined to take the case, not refused to take the case. They declined to take the case.
1: Oh. They kicked it back down because if they uh, took it, they would be forced to either open the door for... Uh-huh absolute insanity in sentencing and punishment and basically say that the constitutional guarantee against cruel and unusual punishment no longer exists at all in the united states they would either be faced to do that or they would have to let him go after probably 10 years at most and they didn't want to have to do that either because their oh. worry was, well, but then we won't be able to make examples out of anybody else. And make no mistake, that is why Ross was prosecuted the way that he was, was because they wanted to make an example. Because their attitude was, how dare you use technology to help start to render the state irrelevant? Well,
0: how and dare the, the rest of the article goes on to talk about the eighth and talk about people wanting ross out in these different organizations and blah 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 and then it asked for trump um to do what he only can do grant ross uh, clemency blah blah blah. and then it says that um so yeah this this article was co-written by rod blogovich who served as the f- uh, 40th governor of illinois he spent time in jail for a couple of different things and then the other person that wrote this is bernard Kurick. Uh, he was the police commissioner and the command of the NYPD on September 11th, 2001.
1: So. so one of the writers is a police commissioner who goes, wow, that was not OK. Like when even a cop and not just a cop, the king of cops in the main city for cops in the world, when even he goes, no, this is wrong. This was wrong. Like, that should say something pretty significant. The fact that even somebody who, you know, has every reason to go, no, no, the justice system is okay. <laughs> it totally works. Even he goes, no, this is this is just wrong. And you, you do see that occasionally. You do see where... Caught on certain cases and things where the cops and the prosecutors really disagree on like how bad whatever given case is and how bad a person (laughs) that that actually
0: is. So, yeah, the the two people that wrote this, one of them was the commissioner of the NYPD. And we know how bad the NYPD is (laughs) and the brave boys in blue. (laughs) and And the other person was Rod Blagovich, who was the governor of Illinois and was impeached by a vote of 114 to 1
1: literally everyone was like this guy is so fucking corrupt there is no possible way any of us can argue except Uh, one guy Yeah,
0: Um, (laughs) abuse of power uh, attempts to sell legislative authority and vetoes and uh, tried to sell the gubernatorial appointment um, to Obama's vacated uh, Senate seat Yeah, I just—he was, he was removed by—he was removed by the Senate, fifty-nine
1: to zero. <laughs> Literally, no one wanted to save his ass. Everyone wanted to get rid of him. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, good lord. When even that guy can admit <laughs> seriously <laughs> broken. Um, like what? It makes you go, I mean, but when when even that guy, even this police commissioner and things can say, clearly the justice system is broken and can see that, when even they can, that raises the question, so what the hell is wrong with all these thin blue liners and all these, oh, just fight it in court, people, and all, oh, well, you know, I mean, they're clearly a criminal because otherwise they wouldn't have been charged.
0: Yeah, he uh, he was sentenced to 14 years uh in 2011 he was sentenced to 14 years and then um he was pardoned by Trump
1: Good lord and yet Trump won't pardon Ross
0: Yeah Trump commuted his sentence on on February 18th of this year of 20, February 18th, to the, 2020 So and
1: he's and and from the sounds of things I mean that's what he's he is Trying to lobby for is for Trump to do the same thing for Ross and go. Yeah,
0: yeah that's what it's. Uh, um, uh, our nation extols the idea of justice for all, but Shakespeare reminds us that there is no justice where there is no mercy. And Ross Ulbricht's case shows us that there cannot be justice for all when there is a cruel punishment for some.
1: Yeah, an incredibly cruel and absolutely unforgivable mm-hmm. <laughs> punishment for just one guy i mean what he did other people also did and they didn't even get pushed as hard as he did they didn't even get bent over the way that he did
0: yeah the the silk road 2.0 guy i mean he was arrested in england i think it was england or france i'm pretty sure it was england in the uk um but yeah he got like like he was in there for like two weeks and got let out because he snitched on everyone and then like the biggest seller on the 2.0 site only got like five years yep so the question is more and more states are
1: legalizing marijuana in general i mean that's that's increasingly
0: occurring and it happening uh, nationwide it? denver denver has also decriminalized uh cybercillin san francisco has decriminalized cybercillin also there yep, was another so... there was another city that just did it also i don't remember which one but
1: yeah magic mushrooms are now legal in a couple of places mm-hmm. um or rather not illegal.
0: Yeah, they're not
1: illegal. So if that's, I mean, like, that's, that's the movement that's clearly occurring. What happens with Ross if there's the Senate winds up voting to, you know, nationwide uh, <laughs> legalize marijuana?
0: They'll probably sit. They'll pro- probably claim yeah. some de facto, post, of, post yeah. de facto BS, and leave him sitting there.
1: Yeah, they'll leave him rotting, even though mm-hmm. the, now people will be able to legally do exactly what he was doing, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. He well, I mean, he that's, didn't that's, actually that's have if,
0: any. That's any, if he was selling at all, yeah. Like he was just running the website. Yeah. So, even allegedly. when
1: people, even when people start are, are going to be where it's now going to be legal, where people can start just selling this marijuana uh, on the street and on the web and things. And they just start doing that the same way they were on Silk Road. He's still going to be rotting in prison anyway. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> cause they'll go, okay, well maybe those, maybe any drug trafficking charges will let go, but you have these other charges. So you're still here.
0: What's his charge? I don't think his charges were even for drug trafficking.
1: They were... I, f- I thought one of them was, like, something in, in relation to drug trafficking. Um,
0: Let's see. The charges were... Money laundering, computer hacking, and conspiracy to traffic narcotics.
1: See? There's a conspiracy to traffic. Yeah and then the money we'll... laundering is connected to the drugs as well because if the drugs were not illegal then it wouldn't be laundered money
0: yeah oh. yeah he's uh 36 years old sitting in a cage because he ran a, because he ran a website
1: yeah all because he ran a, he ran a website that dared to not comply with government demands
0: uh-huh Yep. He could have been. He could have been Bezos if he had just played ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ross if he, Bezos. Yeah. He could. He could have been Elon Musk. Yeah. Well, no, Musk. Musk got his Musk gets his money from the government and then pays the government back.
1: Well, now, but originally the reason that he got so rich was PayPal. True. Cause he set up PayPal and he worked with eBay so closely that it just made him fabulously wealthy and he's got like a million sons too. It is ridiculous how many kids he's got
0: running around like, Holy crap. Did so they all got terrible names.
1: I don't remember. I don't remember what any of their names are, but I do. I, I do remember seeing though, like on a, it was a documentary on like electric vehicles and kind of the revolution for it. And they showed his, his sons and he's got like, five freaking sons running around and they all look like clones well,
0: yeah, uh, he's a superstar. yeah. <laughs> so
1: and he's just got all these sons running around and at his it was his, his girlfriend at the time was that that blonde model that he dated for a while and i don't i don't remember what her name Ouch. was but but it was just funny because she's just like uh because they're all just i mean you know a bunch of like preteen and teenage boys running around. It's uh <laughs> oh
0: god. You're, you're, a, you're a teenage boy, your mom's a model. She's got model friends. Oh how terrible life is. Yeah, you're no about no, your <laughs> stepmom. Your step-mom,
1: stepmom model. <laughs> I have seen how this story goes. I've watched some films. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> oh, what are you doing, stepjet? <laughs>
0: God, I wish Derek was here if I could make those jokes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh well, man, there. All right. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's let's move on from that one. <laughs> Hashtag free Ross. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, speaking of another person, uh, unduly thrown in prison, unfair sentences for going against the government, uh, Ed Brown, um most people don't know this name ed and elaine brown um they were a new hampshire couple um elderly i think they i think they were like um 65 at the time six they're they're in their 60s at the time um they had a standoff with u.s marshals and the federal government over their refusal to pay taxes um and they uh, they had a big standoff, and the feds came in, uh, dressed as supporters, and uh, tackled them and, and took them down and threw them in a cage. So, either way, we're going we're gonna... to... He was, he was 65 when it happened. Yeah. So, a uh, uh, New Hampshire man in armed 2007 standoff with U.S. Marshals over tax evasion has prison sentence lengthened. <sighs> that makes me angry. Um... A New Hampshire man who claimed that the federal income tax is unconstitutional, it is, uh, and barricaded himself in his home with booby trap firearms and explosives for months in 2017, has been re-sentenced to more time in prison. Ed Brown, had already, or 78 years old, had already served 13 of his 37-year sentence. <laughs> After a judge added another 17 years on top of that on Tuesday... Brown said it amounts to, quote, a death sentence. His lawyer has already filed an appeal. Brown and his wife were convicted of failing to pay taxes on almost $2 million in income over eight years. They claim that the federal income tax is unconstitutional, an argument that courts have repeatedly rejected. Uh, they stopped appearing in court and instead hold up at their home. Uh, a move that attracted support from anti-tax groups and militias. Uh, Supporters included Randy Weaver, a key figure in the violent Ruby Ridge standoff in Idaho in 1992. U.S. Marshals disguised themselves as supporters of the Browns, eventually made it into their home, and arrested them without anyone being injured. Um, investigators uh, Investigators later said that they found 20 pipe bombs and other explosives in and around the home. Brown also had numerous firearms and 60,000 rounds of ammunition stored in the, quote, fortress-like home in Plainfield, New Hampshire.
1: Fortress-like?
0: It's a house. Yeah. <laughs> um, he said the explosives were not functional and that he no longer needed them and planned to sell dozens of guns to his friends uh, he had been storing for them. Brown argued that the resentencing him to a longer prison term would violate the Fifth Amendment due to uh, Fifth Amendment right to due process and constitute double jeopardy by punishing him more than once for the same offense. Uh, he yeah. called he called for <laughs> a sentence to be reduced to time served, uh, which happened in cases of his wife and two other defendants. Elaine Brown was originally sentenced to thirty-five years, but was released in February after twelve years when a judge reduced her sentence. Uh, she she's reportedly seeking a divorce. Um U.S. District Judge uh, George Single said he believed the other de- the other defendants had shown mercy, but Ed but not Edward Brown. Uh, and we'll we'll get to another article on that about her release, because I I I think it's it's going to show the disparity, and, and we'll discuss that. But um, this is uh the the judge speaking. Uh, quote: They learned that what they had done was wrong. They learned that what they had done was a mistake. I don't see that, in Mister Brown. They, they they won the victory
1: over themselves and loved Big Brother.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much exactly, I, pretty much yeah. exactly, like like. So his his wife says, "I'm sorry. I, I, I I'm embarrassed by my actions, right?" And then like him or her and the other two defendants, they were like, "Oh yeah, I'm sorry." And they got released. And Ed Brown goes, no, 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 fuck you. And gets his prison sentence lengthened.
1: Yeah. Like, how is that? (laughs) Again, think about this. In what in what way is this not the actions of a tyrannical psychopathic dictator? That, well, if you just say you're sorry and understand that what you did keeping your own money was wrong. Then I'll let you go. But if not, I'll punish you even more. Constitution be damned.
0: Uh, Let's see her quote. uh, Elaine's quote. uh, Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Um, Damn it, Jim. Stupid article.
1: Damn it, Jim. I'm a simple country doctor, not an article writer.
0: Just. Yes. I grab I grabbed the wrong article. It doesn't have the quote. By the way, so I'll read I'll read this article from back in January. Uh, Plainsfield woman who was sentenced to thirty five years in prison for failing to pay federal income tax nearly two million dollars to being released early. Elaine Brown, seventy nine, um, had served twelve years of her sentence since she and her husband Ed Brown were convicted in two thousand seven. Uh, after they were convicted, the Browns and several supporters hold up in their fortified playing field compound for eight months often threatening violence before they were arrested Uh, Friday's hearing came about in part because Elaine Brown was convicted under she found uh, because part of the law Elaine Brown was convicted under was found to be unconstitutional in reducing Elaine Brown's sentence to time served U.S. District Judge Stephen Mockleflee said the justice system can provide mercy as well as punishment yeah. Uh, he goes on to say that she uh, said Elaine Brown uh, had repented and rehabilitated herself during her 12 years of prison and no longer represented a threat to the public.
1: I mean, think, think about that for a second. I mean, the, the quote, the the mad with power vibe you get there with well, we can dispense mercy as well as justice. And all you have to do is acknowledge that we are God. Yes. It's I mean, <laughs> I am a just and merciful lord. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha Like, come on, man. No, you... <laughs> That's not mercy. Mercy is you have a right to punish somebody for something and then opt not to. Because... You would they'd su- they would suffer more harm than they would good, or, or the world would or something. and you make that decision to be merciful, where you could punish them and then choose not to. And then and it's still it would be a just punishment. None of this would be a just punishment in the first freaking place, and on top of that, your mercy, mercy, quote unquote, is contingent upon them bowing before you.
0: Yeah. Let's <laughs> uh, see, I I think I found the quote. Um. Oh, these stupid fucking cookies. Uh, oh, where is it? Oh, she said, "I am ashamed and embarrassed by my actions." <laughs> And then, and then both her and the daughter blame Ed Brown. Of course, for they do. For, for manipulating her. Yeah, you know this sounds awful
1: familiar. Like with the uh, when the the communists would have people in prison, and then they'd force you to read a confession on you know on the the radio or on TV denouncing
0: the yeah, uh, vile for-
1: <laughs> capitalist pigs that you had. You know, like, that's exactly what this
0: is. Yeah, Uh, this is a quote from her daughter. Quote, her true self has come out. She apologized profusely to my family. It takes a lot of courage to realize when you have done something wrong and how many people it has affected. (laughs) Jesus.
1: She should have just been cowed by the system like I clearly have been. And... Just do what she was told at all times without question, even if it was criminal. What the government was doing, she should have just obeyed. Just get yeah. in the boxcars. Like, I mean, that's what it is. It's just get in the boxcars. I mean, it's like the the Jews that were in the Warsaw Ghetto who refused to take part in the uprising and then denounced the ones who had had risen up, like but what they were doing was standing up to injustice and to something that was wrong and standing on principles and you're denouncing them now because <laughs> it's
0: because for, because I, they did so in a way that you didn't like
1: yeah because they oh well but i mean you know they they could have just no but they couldn't just fight it in court could they They couldn't just fight it it in court. They tried, and it didn't work.
0: The same argument could be
1: made right now with the protest. Yeah, we'll just fight it in court. Just fight it in court. (laughs) Except that, again, the court doesn't care about you, and all of the odds from the moment (laughs) you walk in are
0: stacked against you. You're going to ask the system that is attacking you to defend you from the system that is attacking you to defend you from the system that is attacking you.
1: Well, you know, and the the craziest part is with this one is it's even worse because when they went to court to fight it, they were asking people in the system whose salaries were paid by taxes. Yes. (laughs) To tell the system not to charge them taxes. Yes. What planet do you think that is going to work? (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, taxes are unconstitutional and I know you get paid by taxes, but I I'd, I'd really like you to agree with me so that I don't have to pay your salary anymore.
1: Yeah, I'd really rather you work for free. Like yeah. that's what that's what you're doing. You're going, "Hey, uh so I know that you can just tell me fuck you and throw you in a cage, but uh, throw me in a cage, but uh I'd really rather that you go, "No, I'll I'll just uh I'll do this as volunteer work from here on out."
0: <laughs> he, he, they got told fuck you and thrown in a cage.
1: Yeah, like that's that's how <sighs> that works. And then, and then he's the only one who's willing to continue to stand on his principles and say mm-hmm. no, this isn't right. You're stealing. And yep. even though he's still a little bit of a statist, he's like, but the Constitution says that people have to be taxed equally. Everybody has to be taxed equally, and, and income taxes yep. don't tax everybody equally. So. Therefore they're unconstitutional. And that argument he's standing by, but then his wife goes, Okay, well, I don't want to be in prison anymore. And the easiest way is to I mean, she's she's literally suffering from Stockholm syndrome. This is literally Stockholm syndrome.
0: Well yeah, Chelsea Chelsea Manning came out of prison and like ran for office. Yep. (laughs) So Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm syndrome, yeah. So
1: blatantly Stockholm syndrome <laughs> like the only the only difference between,
0: like, between Bo this... Bergdahl didn't run for office just just put put that out there
1: <laughs> I mean the only difference between this chick and Patty Hearst is that she's not wielding a machine gun anymore
0: <laughs> so I don't believe anybody should be in a cage for a nonviolent crime but
1: god damn That's... Especially when the only, the only victim, the only conceivable victim is the state itself.
0: Yeah. Which is an idea. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I mean, they're, and they're the ones who then turned around and threw these people in
0: cages. Yeah. So, all right. Speaking of the state, (laughs) I have to, I have to calm down, take deep breath. Okay. I'm going to try and get through this headline. California sheriff's deputies said they didn't know it was illegal to lie about evidence on police reports. (laughs) I'm trying to hold it. I'm trying to hold it. What? And, And it's a Fox News article. California sheriff's deputies said they didn't know it was illegal to lie about evidence on police reports.
1: I didn't know that doing (laughs) something illegal was
0: illegal. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Two former Orange County sheriff's deputies told a California grand jury that they didn't know it was against the law to falsify police documents. An offense that led to their firing and conviction among a widespread department, quote, evidence scandal that came to light last year, according to a local report. Bryce Richmond Simpson, 31, and Joseph Anthony Atkinson, uh, Jr., 39, testified to a grand jury on September 21st that they were never told that it was illegal to write in police reports that they had submitted evidence when they actually had not, according to the Orange County Register.
1: What was the purpose of the police reports, were you under the empire?
0: Deputies were typically expected to submit evidence by the end of their workdays. Simpson and Atkins Jr. were two of the most uh, prominent, according to the report, the worst of the OCSD members involved in the evidence scandal, which came to light in November 2019. They uh, were allegedly two of at least 17 deputies investigated for potential charges for allegedly claiming in reports that they had booked evidence as required, but failing to do so sometimes until months later, if at all. <laughs>
1: Which means that there are people who they arrested who were booked in based on evidence that doesn't exist. Yes. And probably never did.
0: Yes. Uh, OCSD spokesman um, Carrie L. Braun told Fox News deputies are repeatedly trained on evidence, chain of custody, and booking of evidence which they are taught in both the basic police academy and in the department's field training officer program.
1: Are you kidding me? You can watch Law and Fucking Order for an hour and a half and
0: figure that out. Remember when that police department in Connecticut sued for the right to not hire high IQ individuals? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> are you? What? Oh,
1: I didn't know that I couldn't lie about evidence.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, quote, in addition, <laughs> evidence booking protocols and policy now require deputies to include confirmation of the booked evidence in their report, which is then reviewed by a supervisor before being signed off. The department also conducts randomized spot checks every month, pulling reports and cross-referencing the evidence booking system to ensure evidence is booked as documented.
1: So they weren't <laughs> doing that before? <laughs> they weren't no doing that No one double-checked? Before. <laughs> they weren't doing that before They're uh, ruining the scandal people's lives based on this and not one person went hey you know maybe we should be double checking to make sure this
0: is legit <laughs> no a... one no one hold, hold on <laughs> uh the scandal was uncovered during an internal audit that examined police documents from february 2016 to february 2018 and found that over the course of the two-year period of the department's deputies were found to have taken 31 days or more to book evidence.
1: Cause that's not suspect at
0: all. No. Of the 450 reports (laughs) reviewed for a second audit, 57 involved deputies who falsely claimed to have submitted evidence. Uh, Assistant public. Uh, Assistant public defender Scott Sanders previously described how, how quote, literally 1,100 deputies booked evidence late, and that's only doing a partial audit. <laughs> well, you
1: know, I mean, I can believe them then when they say that they didn't know that it wasn't okay, because clearly it was standard operating procedure in that department
0: <laughs> to just not book evidence. <laughs> like, I <laughs> Like, 20, 27% of the department's deputies were found to have taken 31 days or more to book evidence. A quarter of the department took a month or longer to submit evidence. And meanwhile, you're sitting in jail. Meanwhile, you're sitting in jail. There's There's no chain of custody. There's no proof of who has what. And it takes 31 days or more. That's the big thing. 31 days or more it takes a month or more for them to submit evidence. How
1: are you? How were they even able to take that? So they're not people. There aren't getting fair and speedy trials at all, are they? You can't possibly be getting a fair and speedy trial. If it takes you over a month to get to trial. Well, how many people take plea deals? Well, I suppose. Yeah, but man, I mean, the, so I guess pro tip for everybody uh, going forward Make sure that you go to trial and that you uh,
0: demand to see the chain of custody,
1: to have that entered that's, into
0: evidence. That's what they tell you to do with, like, DUI with breathalyzers. They tell you to challenge every single breathalyzer and then challenge the maintenance. The yep. maintenance schedule of a breathalyzer and then challenge the the, the calibration of the breathalyzer. Because the, the maintenance records um, are kept on hand and they rarely ever actually check those the same yeah, with the they, radar guns
1: yeah they don't recalibrate them they don't maintain them even though there's a prescribed schedule from the manufacturer of oh. how often you have to do this yeah. they don't do those things and so because of that
0: yeah they, they did that in in new york there was like a there's an audit or something like that and then like like a thousand tickets like a thousand duis were thrown out because the, the the machines had failed had failed maintenance logs or or like inaccurate maintenance logs or whatever
1: yeah so as long as you challenge it, I mean, that's the big thing, too, with dealing with cops is remember, they hire low IQ individuals. They hire morons. People who are cops are dumb. They just are. There is barely such a thing as an even remotely intelligent cop. They are all basically toddlers with badges. Local, so, local, hold on.
0: local cops are like that, right? Like if, if you got high IQ, like the, the feds want you.
1: Yeah, then you wind up a fed because you have a high IQ and are still a psychopath. Yeah. so yes well, the, the, fed,
0: the feds shoot less dogs barely so, so there is that
1: there's uh there's actually a t-shirt from fpc the firearms policy coalition oh. which i'm a, a member um that uh says save the dogs abolish the atf that i'm planning yes. on getting. Um, definitely <laughs> but uh no it's it, but i mean remember you're dealing when you're dealing with local cops and stuff you're you're dealing with morons you're dealing with people who can barely figure out how to tie their shoes in general. Their cops are really stupid. If they were intelligent, they would not be cops. So they get real jobs. Yeah. So they, they clearly are not bright, which means I mean, that they don't know. They don't pay attention to things like the maintenance schedules of of important scientific equipment. <laughs> or how to properly even use said scientific equipment oh. or the records for chains of custody on evidence and things or any of this shit. They don't, they don't pay attention to that. And too often people go, ah, oh, you got me. And then just throw up their hands and take a plea. If you challenge it though, and you start to ask those questions and push oh. all of the sudden, what happens is that all just crumples. Now, chances yeah. are you'll still wind up in prison, even if you fight it, because, That's the way the justice system works. And again, everything's (laughs) stacked against you. But you might, if you get a jury trial, you might be able to convince a jury that there's a legitimate reason for reasonable doubt. Because, well, how can you prove this? Because you don't even know the last time this thing was maintained. You don't even know what the margin of error is. Maybe the margin of error is so huge that it wasn't even in the realm of correct when you blew mm-hmm. into this breathalyzer and all of a sudden now you've introduced reasonable doubt and hopefully can convince the jury because even with reasonable doubt it's hard to get a jury to not convict solely because you were just in the
0: courtroom yeah what Andrew said ditto <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah we actually we covered the, the article about uh, the DUIs before I don't remember uh I don't remember the article number because I'm old and I don't have a memory like that anymore. But I'm sure if you you Googled it, if you looked it up, you'd find it. Let
1: me Google that shit for you. Jesus. You people have computers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Some of us have two
1: and smartphones. Yeah. You'll figure out a way to look it up. I'm sure.
0: The internet man said it, so it has to be true.
1: We said it. You know that we are the most professional podcast on the web and therefore are 100% at all times completely reliable. Yes. Don't question it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> most professional. Most professional. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, all right, let's get on to that next one. Um, okay, this one is, it's an article from Politico. It's an opinion piece and it's got like, one, two, three, four, five authors. So, um, interesting. But it's uh,
1: how, how amer- does it work?
0: You know, I it, it, how how do you have
1: multiple authors on like a single opinion piece? Like, were they all just taking a paragraph? <laughs> like it just seems. Oh. Like, what do you? Okay, well, you're gonna take you're gonna take paragraphs one through three, and then I'm gonna write paragraphs four through six, and then Stan, you're you're gonna take a uh, you're gonna take paragraphs uh, seven through twelve, and I, don't know, <laughs> like, I, can, I you... can barely I can barely
0: compose an email. It's
1: yeah. <laughs> still I used... typing, single fingers.
0: Like the dog ran fast. I use <laughs> punctuation in my text messages. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I still do too, but you know we're we're kind of old, so yeah, that's true.
0: That's true. <laughs> and, and as we have discussed, um, periods and text messages make people uncomfortable.
1: Apparently, yeah, the the zenials are are made very uncomfortable by the idea of of full stops. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. All right. So, political magazine, uh, it's an opinion. Um, Americans increasingly believe violence is justified if the other side wins. And then it shows this nifty picture with a guy with a paintball gun and full body armor and a helmet. and Yeah. The America flag in the background. And there's a blue line flag in the background.
1: Of course there I is.
0: Uh, Okay, Um, at the presidential debate this week, the Republican candidate voiced his concern about political violence, left-wing political violence, and the Democratic candidate likewise voiced concerns about political violence, right-wing political violence. They were both right. Like a growing number of prominent American leaders and scholars, we are increasingly anxious that the country is headed toward the worst post-election crisis in a century and a half. Our biggest concern is that a disputed presidential election, especially if they are a close contest in a few swing states, or if one candidate denounces the legitimacy of the process, could generate violent and violence and bloodshed.
1: Gosh, well, this sounds really familiar. If you are <laughs> unfamiliar with what occurred 150 years ago in the United States, uh, that was a bad post-election result, uh, South Carolina seceded from
0: the United States. <laughs> Ah, <sighs> like, like that's, that's just, that's a no shit Sherlock statement. Yeah. like it, it could generate violence and bloodshed. Oh my fucking God, there's already violence and bloodshed.
1: Yeah, oh, it's so unlike <laughs> people being shot in the streets and houses being burned to the ground. Yeah, we wouldn't want anything like that.
0: <laughs> Jeez, okay. Unfortunately, we are, unfortunately, we're not being alarmist about the potential for violence. Trends in public opinion that we've been tracking provide strong grounds for concern. Our research, which we're reporting here for the first time, shows an upswing in the past few months in the number of Americans, both, both Democrats and Republicans, who said they think violence would be justified if their side loses the upcoming presidential election. The growing acceptance of this possibility of violence is a bipartisan movement. <sighs> by a by bi- <laughs> Oh, my God. They fi- they finally agree on something.
1: Oh, oh, the division that's so bad that it's going to result in violence
0: is bipartisan. Well, at least there's that. <laughs> The growing acceptance of the possibility of violence is a bipartisan movement. Our data shows that the willingness of Democrats and Republicans alike to justify violence as a way to achieve political goals has essentially been rising in lockstep. Well,
1: I mean, you know, I'm just going to point out that uh, voting literally is an acknowledgment that violence for political goals is acceptable. It's bipartisan... That's an- Participating that's a, in government—that's
0: that's literally that's, what you're saying. That's an arguable point. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't believe that the act of voting is an act of violence, right? I, it's 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 up there like petitioning and protesting and waving a sign. It's like whoopee hoo It's a suggestion box.
1: Yeah, but it's a tacit acknowledgement that you accept the idea of violence no, in I the agree. name of a political goal.
0: <laughs> I agree. The the petitioning and, and protesting are the same thing. They're saying, "Hey, I want the government to do violence on my behalf." Against this thing over there.
1: So now suddenly they're all shocked that these same people who do that are like, well, but if my guy doesn't win, violence. (laughs) Like,
0: (laughs) If if Trump doesn't win, we're going to go and kill the socialists. And then the socialists are like, well, if Trump wins, we're going to go and kill the other socialists.
1: Yeah, kill the, kill the socialists that are the right-wing socialists.
0: <laughs> I hate that that's an accurate term, right-wing socialists. Yeah, well, but it is. It is an accurate term.
1: <laughs> but my world! Yeah, like I love, I love that too. I love, whoa, Trump hates socialism. I've seen that in so many posts. And the irony is I see that in posts from people who are socialists. And they go, oh, Trump says that he hates socialism, but he's enjoying that public health care that that he paid seven hundred and fifty dollars for. And I I laugh and I go, well, so first of all, if he paid for it, it's not really it's not free health care. So I'm just going to point that out. And second of all, (laughs) and second of all, Trump says that he hates socialism. But totally freaking loves it thank you for acknowledging my point finally at least a few <laughs> people are i've he, only been saying it since he was elected
0: <laughs> he he nationalized companies during the pandemic he just he just like while he's in the hospital signed an e o um regarding precious precious minerals so <laughs> which is which is he 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 wants to make the the, the u s mine for more precious minerals. He essentially nationalized the precious minerals industry again, and it's. So he's
1: nationalizing. Wait, wait. He's nationalizing mines, and, and companies. Come. Gosh, I've I've heard of these things being done before in a few places. <laughs> um, I think I feel like one of them was actually. You know,
0: so many people, so many people are surprised. They just they just did not see this coming. <laughs>
1: I mean, who could ever have predicted <laughs> that the lifelong Democrat, who's suddenly magically a Republican, uh, who has advocated for like nothing but socialism and joined a party that advocates for massive socialism, would suddenly
0: do very socialist yeah. things? Whatever you do, listener, don't go listen to the status quo episode <laughs> called "American Fascism." It's episode ninety-eight. Do not do it.
1: Yeah, definitely don't do that, because then you might you, you might learn things and you don't want to do that.
0: <laughs> you, might, you might blow a brain cell.
1: <laughs> what a shocker, though. Like, it's just, uh-huh. All
0: right. Okay. All right. To the article. All of us have been involved, separately and eventually together, in surveying and researching America's political attitudes and engagement. Late last year, we noticed an uptick in the number of respondents saying that they would condone violence by their own political party, and we decided to combine our data sets to get as much information as possible on this worrisome trend. We were also monitoring another question. Would you condone violence if the other party's political candidate wins the presidential election? (laughs) So, So, if the other party wins, it's okay for violence, but you're going to condone it. All right. While the pool of respondents between our data sets is slightly different, uh, our questions have the same wording. Here's what we found, and it says um, among Americans who identify as Democrat or Republican, one in three now believe that violence would be justified to advance their party's political goals. (laughs)
1: Because they didn't believe
0: that before. In September, forty-four percent of Republicans and forty-one percent of Democrats said they would be at li- quote at least a little justification for violence if the other party's nominee wins the election. At these least figures, a yeah, these figures are up from June when thirty-seven percent of Republicans and thirty or thirty-five percent of Republicans and thirty-seven percent of Republicans expressed the same sentiment. Uh, I I just I'm very conf- oh. a little violence. Yeah. Like
1: what? How, what, what,
0: what no, no, no. There, there would be a, at least a little justification. Oh, a little justification. justification for violence.
1: Okay, for violence. All right. I thought it was a, a little violence. I'm like, what? How do you define just a little violence?
0: Small, like, small, small Molotovs.
1: Yeah. <laughs> We're only using those
0: those little like the single-serve wine bottles. <laughs> Similarly, uh, 36% of Republicans and 33% of, Re- of Democrats um, said it is at least, quote, a little justified for their side to, quote, uh, to use violence in advancing political goals. Yeah, this, uh, this is all
1: sounding super familiar.
0: Yeah, so for- 40% say that the violence would be um, okay if the other side wins, but thirty-six and thirty-three percent said that it would be a little justified for them to use violence. You know it's
1: You know what I could see happening, and I realize this is very far fetched, but I could see where maybe one party starts using violence and so to put down these violent protests, mm-hmm. the government taps the other party and some sort of violent wing of the other party and starts well, sending they don't, them
0: in. I, I I don't believe that they have to tap the government. Or the the government has to tap them. I believe that there is enough tension right now that reactionarily the, the quote other side would come out in force to defend their guy, to defend right, their but, branch of government.
1: But whoever wins they're going to at least sort of defer any judgment towards the ones yeah. that are supporting them they're enacting the violence and possibly you know maybe start like using them or like deputizing them or something and then maybe they'll gain additional influence in the government and then eventually <laughs> maybe they'll wind up just like taking over in some sort of big move and and because they have all these people willing to do well- violence for them and they'll be like well then that makes us a government and there is a
0: precedence for that
1: there are several
0: there are several (laughs) precedents. there there are are a number of spain
1: italy germany uh austria um
0: (laughs) there were these people they wore these they wore these cool brown shirts and brown shirts and black shirts and black shirts yeah um
1: But that's that's literally like that is how mussolini took power that's how with franco and stuff that's that's why franco wound up in power in spain that's kind of how hitler wound up in power in germany yeah. this yeah. is and and the fascist leader that wound up taking out whose name escapes me who wound up taking over uh, austria this is how this happens uh, czechoslovakia went the same freaking direction although do not get into the politics of czechoslovakia <laughs> leading up to world war 2 because like you wind up looking like I've tried to tell people and you wind up looking like that meme with the guy from Always Sunny <laughs> with all of the lines and the stuff and all the... It is so freaking complicated and mind numb. Don't even try. Yeah. Just all don't
0: right. even <laughs> try. <laughs> um, back to the article. Uh, there has been an even larger increase in the share of both Re- Democrats and Republicans who believe that either, quote, a lot or, quote, a great deal of justification for violence if their party were to lose in November. The share of Republicans seeing substantial justification for violence if their side loses jumped from 15% in June to 20% in September, while the share of Democrats jumped from 16% to 19%. So that's the, uh, that's the, that's the, yeah.
1: Well, it, all it takes is three percent for an American revolution, right?
0: Allegedly.
1: Well, I mean, that's that's what the in in the seventeen seventies, that's all it took was three percent to cause a full blown revolution, and you're looking at twenty percent.
0: And those those are just the people that admit to it. Yeah. Right. And 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 understandably, some of this might be hyperbole. Right. But it, it doesn't take that much for. For for a small minority to start doing something, and then for people to look at it and go, "Oh, hey, that's cool."
1: Well, yeah, like, and you saw you saw a lot of that in uh, in the the just very very anti-Bellum South, where you started to see where once people started arming up. Well, it took the extremists to start, you know, the southern fire eaters to really start going, let's arm up and start doing that. But once they did, then people who had kind of been on the fence and not necessarily like, I think we should go to war. were like, well, I mean, they're already arming. So, yeah,
0: that's where that's where mob mentality takes over and and the herd mentality and people not wanting to be left behind. And, oh, well, X, you know, that that person's doing it. Well, I, I definitely should do it then.
1: Well, yeah, and it's the the anonymity of the anonymity of group, right? The by being simply a member of a larger thing, I don't feel like I'm personally responsible or personally being picked out or anyone's going to judge me specifically. So it's okay now because there's a group it's and you even see it. You see that uh, happen with people even judging other people who did something that maybe they don't agree with, where if it's just one person who did it, they'll judge them very harshly, but if it's a group, they'll judge the group. But each individual, they'll be like, "Well, I mean, they were part of this group." Yeah, and they they still like just acknowledge that somehow magically because I'm part of a group, my own individual actions aren't
0: mine. I'm yeah. not responsible it, for group, them. group think and all that. Like we saw, we saw that with we see that with with the BLM protest and um uh occupy the occupy movement like that was that was a big one and you see it with all these these grassroots um political organizations and things like that like it's it's fairly common it would be easy it would be it would truly be easy well and there's there's rumors there's a lot of rumors
1: flying about specific groups and and specific things that will happen depending on who wins oh yeah. so um if you have your, your even remotely to I've...
0: I haven't I haven't been in that in a particular group in um, almost a decade, and I got a message from a member of that group, and it's like, hey, you know, things are happening. You still mm-hmm. know our stuff. Are you interested? So, there is there are people, groups that people are, people are getting ready.
1: There are groups that were not traditionally have not traditionally been particularly politically affiliated, but have generally been affiliated with violence who are Mm -hmm. rumoring that, you know, there are rumors about them that they have plans. Oh, there's some who wins um, for violence and for for alliances with people who are on the same Mm -hmm. side as they are. And like there's a lot of that going on. We are building very very obviously to something and it's not going to be pleasant (laughs) it's not going to be pleasant but it's coming and you can see it so obviously and the funny thing is everybody who's been paying attention this whole time is going well yeah i mean it's literally been the past five years we've been building to this since before trump was elected
0: look at look at the the gun sales the ammunition sales like I, I had, I had people. Uh, I saw a couple, a, a two different posts on Facebook today about people that couldn't find canning jars, but they're completely mm-hmm. sold out.
1: Yep, I believe it. Yep, you know,
0: people are people are prepping and and locking down and it's scary. Speaking of oh, that, yeah.
1: but I mean every everybody who's everybody who's been paying attention see has seen this coming for some time and is well aware. That this hasn't, it's not like this just started building the past year or the past couple of years right. This has been building for more than half a decade well, That this has been building up
0: Look at um, 2008 and 2012 with Obama coming into, you know, mm. the, the election in in 2008 Like, the right-wingers, the, the, the militia people, like, they came out in force They were talking all about it Like, Obama was the Antichrist and blah, blah, blah And if Obama wins, we're gonna do blah, 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 blah the same in 2012 when he was reelected like there were there were there was a a lot of big talk about you know overthrowing and and the constitution and and all that other stuff and this is this is no different this is it's it's the same sort of rhetoric um but that frog has been boiling longer Mm -hmm. and there's a lot more um Hyper political politicalization. That's probably not a word, but I, I just coined the phrase
1: politicization. Yeah, I
0: think that is a word, actually. Well, OK, either way, we'll call it a we'll call it a word. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it a word. We'll make it a word. We can we can do that. as 2020. There are no rules. <laughs> <laughs> if you can dig up 59 Egyptian co- Egyptian cotton coffins in 2020, there are no fucking rules.
1: Yeah, there's no longer. rules.
0: There's no longer rules. <laughs> so we're all going to get eaten by as soon anyway.
1: Well, but, it's like that black uh, coffin that they opened. Anyway, I'm sure it's fine.
0: <laughs> Cuz he
1: did it right yeah, at the end but, of 2019. I'm sure that all the curses and
0: yeah. it's fine. Well, with the um uh the immediate interconnectivity that we all have that we all share through social media through our, our electronic devices. We're instantly connected, right? And and our, our emotions are immediately at play through that. And with the way things are going right now with with the, the Black Lives Matter movement and the lockdown and the pandemic and the mask holes and and just everything right now is on fire. It, 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 is, it is one big giant dumpster fire. And it's not going to just silently go away. No, it's the inevitably there's
1: there's a point where you can't stop this thing, this snowball from rolling downhill anymore. Not it's, it's too big.
0: Yeah, there's there's no way to stop it. There there will be I believe I, I we'll just we'll get into that because we got a half hour left and the article we know where the article's going. But I believe that Trump gets reelected, reselected, whatever you want to call it, and shit pops off and as we know, uh government power grows in war and that gives the government justification Mm -hmm. to to put you know national guard to put the military back on the street to seriously crack down to to increase the surveillance state um uh and then we can go along with like the real id thing and we can bring in like the mandatory vaccines and and we can talk about um um the go to the digital money right Where, where the government can like oh well you don't have the high enough social credit score to go into this store anymore. Right? Like, that's all, it's all possible. It's all possible.
1: Well, and like, look at that and tell me, I mean, like, you can't, so many people, they just, like, I talk about, no, presidents are selected. They're not elected, they're selected. Mm -hmm. And it's all this big orchestrated thing at this point. And how do you look at that and look at what's coming and not go, oh, well, clearly this is orchestrated because if Trump gets elected, Uh uh-huh. Right. We know that the hyper militarized right is going to back him. We yep. know that the military itself tends to back right wing candidates historically, continuously, there, what, the,
0: the, the upper the upper echelon of the military is like what, four to one Republican or something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, even the even the enlisted ranks tend to be very yeah. pro military because the the Republicans give money to the military. Yeah. So that's that's why they support them. It's the same reason why it's the same exact reason why public school teachers tend to be very left wing. It's because, well, but the, the Democrats give money to, yeah. to school teachers. So, of course, they back them. Um, but it's, you know, if you look at it and you go, OK, well, so so all of these, all of the the most armed, the most dangerous people. Militarily. Uh, for the citizenry of the United States are backing a right candidate. Of course, the right wing is going to win. They get selected. They win. The left is orchestrated to respond Mm -hmm. specifically so that it's an excuse for them to roll out some sort of full on militarized constant police force and curfews and everything else. Roll all that out and institute it and keep it.
0: Agent provocators—they're everywhere. They'll be out in force.
1: Well, there's the the one in Minneapolis who oh. was the first guy to start smashing windows and attacking a business. He was the first one, and he's a cop.
0: Yep, bastard. Uh, back to the article. Um, these numbers are even higher among the most ideological partisans of Democrats who identify as very liberal. Twenty-six percent said it, said there would be quote a great deal of justification for violence if their candidate loses the presidency compared to 7% of those identified as simply liberal. Of of Republicans who identified as very conservative, 16% said there would be, quote, a great deal of justification for violence if the GOP candidate loses compared to 7% of those identifying simply as conservative. This means the ideological extremes of each party are two to four times more apt to see violence as justified than their party's mainstream members. Altogether, about one in five Americans with strong political affiliation says they are quite willing to endorse violence if the other party wins the presidency.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, everyone saw that coming from a mile away. They started whipping themselves, both sides, into this, like, illogical, completely emotional frothing-at-the-mouth hysteria Mm -hmm in 2016. Yeah. Like that it it was already happening leading up to Trump's election. It was already happening this whole insane thing was already occurring. And I I mean you'd have to be
0: a completely oblivious moron to not have noticed, but Well, I mean we sadly. can we can we can go back even before Trump. I mean, we can go to Obama with the with the hypervigilant right cuz like I was I had friends in that circle at yeah. the time, and and we could even go further back than that with Bush and the the whole anti-war movement. Oh yeah, like there was like there was there was some serious you know partisan issues on on the the anti-war movement. But so this isn't new, but it it, it is it is escalated. Like there's, oh, there's there's some steroids under it under this time. It's it, it's
1: not even just that it's escalated it's just way more open now like they're not afraid to be more open now well, like everything,
0: that... everything's more open because of the the interconnectivity of the internet and social media and
1: yeah but i mean even cuz that that still existed like during obama and even during obama's uh reign you still had
0: <laughs> the <laughs>
1: you know you still had a little bit of restraint even on the the political right where people weren't completely open about stuff and and about like well if we don't win the 2016 election then
0: it's the most important election of our lifetime
1: yeah how many times how many times did, since i hit voting age every <laughs> single election without fail has been the most important election now what if
0: lifetime. now what if what if what if just the memer in me hopes this happens. <laughs> I don't I don't care about politics. I don't care who the president is. I'm going to do me. But what if what if they both lose and Joe wins?
1: <laughs> I don't know what the world will look like at that point. I I can't <laughs> just, even just begin a, to just, predict.
0: Just a collective shitting of the pants or something. I don't know, but well that at that would... point
1: both the left and right will go to war still they'll still go to war but now the target of their ire will not only be <laughs> each other cuz they'll blame each other for why there's no a libertarian in the in office but they'll also go after libertarians and anarchists <laughs> I don't and think I, that changes <laughs> a damn thing i think it makes
0: it much more confusing initially uh. <laughs> just, just i just want i just want to see the fa the look on like Chris Cuomo's face, like, what? <laughs> yeah, what? Well, what? Wait, I, what? Is that
1: exactly. right? <laughs> you know, um, Joe's supposed to be actually on uh, Chrissy's show soon. I think, sometime soon. Um, I don't know when exactly. Um, because uh, she know. just did Spike. Nikki. Was it Nikki? I thought it was, yeah. Chris, it was Chrissy Chris that did that. Was that Nikki? Oh, Liberty Doll Nikki. Oh, it was Nikki. You're right. Never Nikki, mind. Nikki, Never mind. Nikki, Nikki, okay, Rod, I have a, Okay, so anyway she's supposed to be on that show soon Mm -hmm. i would like to see her if you were to suddenly actually win yep knowing all of the the violence threats and everything like what's your reaction (laughs) (laughs) i have a feeling
0: it's oh shit (laughs) pretty much
1: i didn't think this would
0: work oh god oh god (laughs) that's that's a bigger pipe dream than you know the constitution Oh, man. Restricting government. But yeah. And that's I mean, we which is funny because, I mean,
1: that's one of those things like that that I, I've brought up to, you know, brought up to people and stuff when I've discussed libertarians and that, you know, the reality is that uh, the analogy that I use for it is imagine mm-hmm. you're this little isolated town and you're getting raided by bandits and things. And so you go, you know what we need? We need a dragon. And so you get this little tiny dragon and. It's not much, but it can breathe fire and that's kind of scary and that, that drives the bandits off and all it wants in exchange is, uh, you know, a little bit of food, like a cut of your food so that it can eat and, and then it will take care of you. But the more food you give it, the bigger it gets and the more food it demands. Yep. And pretty soon it's so big that yeah. it wants to, it wants all of your gold constantly yep. and in order to justify why you're keeping it around and still feeding it, it's now starting to attract like initially it's because it's so big that it's attracting the bandits now. So now you're getting hit even more often. It goes, see, this is why you need me. And then after a little while, well, it's wiped out so many of the bandits and kept them away. Now, in order to justify its existence, it starts starting things with people to get rate your village rated so that it can kill them and it can eat them. And it just keeps growing. And before long, you have no village anymore. All you have is the dragon. And you're all just living in the folds of the dragon and giving it everything and terrified that it's going to notice you and get mad at you.
0: But well, we, can, we can vote the dragon away if we just all vote <laughs> really hard.
1: Yeah, but it's, that's <laughs> the problem is that everyone thinks that they can get the little dragon and it'll stay little. But it doesn't ever
0: stay. It it has to justify its own existence.
1: Yeah, it's always going to grow and it is always going to cause problems in order to justify the reason that it exists. And there is no way you will ever keep this little dragon little ever, 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 ever. No matter how much you hope it will never stay that small. The dragon is government. If you're bad at understanding analogies. (laughs) (laughs)
0: if you didn't understand that analogy you're listening to the wrong show yeah the, the dragon is government so no matter what you do you will never
1: keep it small and libertarians are totally convinced that somehow magically this time you know they're the little bee in in b movie bouncing off the window this time this time this time this time this time this time, this time, this time, this time, this
0: time. it doesn't work Whoa. it never works all right let's uh, let's get to this last article um Canadian man arrested for not being a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. This is a, this is from Tech Dirt. Uh, here in the United States, we're used to the FBI radicalizing terrorists in order to arrest terrorists. If you don't have any aspiring terrorist friends, the FBI can set you up with some. Don't have a plan to do <laughs> some terror stuff? No problem. The FBI has all kinds of ideas. Go on cash and able, on unable to pick up your own terrorist supplies? petty cash has you covered my man just looking for a little acceptance the FBI can fill that void in your life just before it arrest you and take your life away (sighs) it'll give you three beautiful months
1: and then throw you (laughs) in a cage
0: a string of open net goals by the FBI's counterterrorism division has left us a bit jaded we need something new to shake things up for a bit fortunately the Royal Canadian Mounted Police have stepped up to provide a new twist Arrested and charging someone for not being a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like I said,
1: hey, uh, do you did did you want to blow something up in in Montreal? <laughs> oh no, not really.
0: A Canadian who's widely public publicized. How now brown cow. A Canadian whose widely publicized account of conducting executions for ISIS-fueled public outrage and debate in the House of Commons has been charged with allegedly making it all up. He was literally charged for not being done. I'm not going j- p- to type down <laughs> the person's name because my tongue doesn't work like that. Well, hang it's, on, hang
1: on. Let me, let me look at it.
0: It's I can... S-H-E-H-R-O-Z-E. C-H-A-U-D-H-R-Y Shiraz Chaudhry Okay, what Andrew said uh, 25 has portrayed himself As a former ISIS member living freely in Canada Was charged with faking His involvement in the terrorist group How is that a crime? <laughs> not, uh, not, only it, it wasn't? <laughs> not only is it Part of it wasn't? Not only is it a crime to be a terrorist in Canada It's also a crime not to be one not if you portray yourself as a terrorist. uh, After invoking all sorts of small T terror with his pretending to be a jihadist public enemy number one, Chaudhry found himself arrested on the more subtly charged of, quote, terrorism hoax. The RCMP apparently doesn't take too kindly to being duped, although it seems any investigation would have discovered that Chaudhry's lack of terrorism and allowed the agency to drop him as a suspect and quit wasting taxpayers' dollars on him there's a hint of bitterness in the statement quote hoaxes can generate fear within our communities and create the illusion there is a potential threat to Canadians while we have determined otherwise said, <laughs> said state, or stated superintendent Christopher DeGale who heads the Toronto incest that's incest ter- not, not okay incest. inset okay it's it's very close to incest, but it's That's, incest. Yeah, incest. Uh, As a result, the RCMP takes those allegations very seriously, particularly when individuals, by their actions, cause the police to enter into investigation in which human and financial resources are invested and diverted from other ongoing priorities. Yeah, there is a little bitterness to that. <laughs> like, you motherfuckers, There's... you know how much
1: money we spent in time investigating you, and then it turns out you're just some
0: lame loser who didn't actually kill anybody. <laughs> you're not a ter- real terrorist. I believed in you. <laughs> so, back, back to the article. Uh, I understand things like hoax, bomb threats, and hoax 911 can be taxed on a system that often portrays itself as overstretched. But Chadree's faux terrorism was apparently limited to shitposting on a number of social media accounts. Taking a good terrorism game while never having act- or talking a good terrorism game while ha- never having actually been involved with any terrorism group. Whew. The hoax charge hasn't been used often, but it appears prosecutors think this time it will stick. After all, not many faux terrorists end up the subject of multiple news reports and podcasts reaching larger audiences
1: well we're there he's right now a subject of a podcast that does not in (laughs) fact reach a large audience so uh
0: hey we got we got like 175 on the last one
1: hey man we're we're moving up in the world a little a little 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 bit bit. a little
0: bit a little bit um the hoax charge hasn't been used often but it appears that prosecutors think this time it will stick uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, quote, the crown man tend to argue that because the hoax was so widespread and was featured on a popular podcast, it created fear that Canadian ISIS members were quote returning and running around, and the police were powerless to stop. I, I'm sorry, but I hear Canadian <laughs> ISIS,
1: and I just am not intimidated. I, uh... <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna not. Separate my recycling, eh?
0: What do you think of that? (laughs) The the argument is that Sandry is being punished for making law enforcement look inept.
1: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much.
0: Moving forward.
1: If he was telling the truth, they were inept because they had never busted him and he'd been a terrorist. If he was lying... They're even more inept because they spent all that money trying to
0: prove that they weren't inept. And it turned out that he wasn't ever a terrorist. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Moving forward with the prosecution on these charges, however, won't make them look any less inept. In fact, it will compound the perceived ineptness. First, the RCMP can't take down real terrorists. Second, the RCMP has to resort to arresting fake terrorists. Adding that the two negatives together won't make a positive. Yeah, that's not how it works. That's not how any of this works.
1: You guys could have just walked away from this. You could have just publicly announced, dude, he's not even a real terrorist. (laughs) You guys don't need to sweat it. We checked. Guy has never been out of the country. He's not a terrorist. Yeah. He didn't do any (laughs) of these things. He's a loser. And then move on with your day. And you could have just done that and, like, laughed at him. But instead... You're like, this son of a bitch made us waste yeah. all of this, and we investigate. We had a task force named after
0: you. like yeah. <laughs> uh, but it could be an easy win for the crown. The best defense against charges of fake terrorism is evidence that real terrorism. Either way, Chantry is probably screwed, but fake terrorism is only five years in prison. Actual terrorism nets a person a whole lot more time behind bars. The best choice might be to agree, to uh, to be the guy who didn't actually do anything. So, yeah, the the only defense <laughs> they're accusing you of not being a terrorist. Well, but, only, I a terrorist. but I am a terrorist. I am a terrorist. Wait, 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 hold on. That's more prison time. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait,
1: wait. No, I think just saying, I I think really his best defense is to say that it was a parody that they took too seriously. Yep. I mean, whether that's a load of horse shit or not I, th- I think only, that's the direction I go only he would had go.
0: Brandenburg v. Ohio 1969
1: Yeah, like I, I feel like that would be your bad Like, oh, it was a parody Like, I wasn't serious, no one was supposed to take me Seriously, I was just It was a parody, I was making a political statement And, and it wasn't meant No one was meant to actually think <laughs> that I was a terrorist
0: And It was a performance piece
1: yeah, and, and that he could argue that and then be like, I mean, look at how inept these morons are that they thought that. And like, what are they going to do? We're not inept, really, but you you just investigated a guy who was literally not a terrorist for years and then figured out he wasn't a terrorist finally. Yeah. and then... For
0: years. For years. <laughs> like, the guy was the subject of podcast and multiple news articles. I mean... <clears throat> So they can't really argue
1: that they're not inept. Oh, they <laughs> are inept. <laughs> Fuck. Jesus. Like you. Oh, my God. It took you years to figure out that the fake terrorist was a fake terrorist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, years for you to figure that out. <laughs> like you would. We'll think just, you it know would... what? We'll, we'll, we'll help them out this time. And we're just going to tell you that the guy that looks like he's making love to a bear, that's a costume. That's not he's not actually humping the bear. It's just a costume. It's it's You're a costume. Welcome. Yeah, it's don't, don't need to investigate
1: that. The the giant monster carrying the person in a cage. That's not actually a giant monster carrying a person in a cage. That is a Halloween <laughs> costume made to look like that. I realize you may be confused, but <laughs> somewhere right now there's an RCMP guy going, Oh, I need to I need to write this down. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, gosh, oh gosh! Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I live I live fairly close to Canada and Wisconsin and Canada don't really have any kind of a love affair. You're, like we, you're,
0: you're you're Canada South.
1: We are Canada is the fifty first state. They are Wisconsin, Illinois is our Mexico. Canada. <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I get that because I'm in California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we are, you understand we are, Illinois we, are, we are every we are everyone's Mexico,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but so Canada's is, Canada is just the fifty first state. and but they're like we we really there's a lot of a lot of really nastiness between wisconsinites and and Minnesotans, too, right over the across the river uh and Canadians because, like we just I don't know, we just sneer at Canadians. Like you can't help it. They come down here with their. Crap! Beer and their <laughs> politeness and their recycling and like, how dare you?
0: And, Fucking hojos! <laughs> yeah, like what are you doing?
1: Jesus, you! I mean, <laughs> yeah. Stop saying you're sorry. Yeah, and their 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 apologies and their snowy socialism and <laughs> goddamn, sick of it.
0: And their prime minister, son of a Cuban dictator.
1: Yeah, they're. He
0: totally,
1: I swear to God, Trudeau. It's the uh, you know, I mean, I keep trying to point out to people like maple syrup. Canada's evil oozes into the United States daily. <laughs> they walk among us undetected. I mean, Bill Shatner is a Canadian. All right. Ryan Reynolds is a Canadian. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is a Canadian. You see, they walk among us and you don't even notice they could infiltrate us right now. You would have no idea. Uh <laughs> <laughs> i gotta you know what i say or pretty soon i'm gonna be investigated for being a fake terrorist.
0: <laughs> be a fake canadian yeah you're a fake canadian
1: <laughs> but i mean like fake american i just I've, I've been up into canada <laughs> a few times and it's i it just boggles the mind that they're they're so bad at their job <laughs> and, not only could this guy legitimately just pretend to be a jihadist who just came back openly and is now going yeah i killed a bunch of people I just, on I behalf of ISIS. i have this
0: i have this mental image this mental image of Dudley Do Right and Sneed <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> just uh, this 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 arabic sneed <laughs> been uh-huh. just just mm, and Dudley do right having interactions. Just, <laughs> just, no I'm a, ba- I'm, I'm a bad person. I apologize. Yeah. No, I'm afraid I
1: must ask that you go back to whence you came. <laughs> <laughs> Please. And thank you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Oh my oh. god. Alright.
0: <laughs> on oh. that note, we're getting on to time. So
1: throw the plugs. Alright. Uh check out the beardstruggle.com. I'm wearing currently a Beard Struggle hat because I'm a brand Viking. That means I represent them. If you want a luscious, wonderful beard such as I have, check out brandstruggle.com And don't forget to use a code INKEDANARCHIST15. All run together, INKEDANARCHIST15 gets you 15% off of their beard care products. Uh, their shampoo and conditioner, if nothing else, is completely worth it if you can get your hands on it, because it is awesome, and I recommend Odin's Virtue for the scent. Also, don't miss out on Inked Anarchist Hootenanny Roundup on Facebook, the last, I think, at this (laughs) redacted pages, Um, probably because we're under federal investigation. But we are one of the last ones. We still exist. We are still out there. We do still post, although we have to be super careful what we're posting right now. But we Um, are still there.
0: Speaking of redacted pages, you see this? cool patch right here on my mic cover from poppins patches with the uh boog aloo ed ed and eddie came out last week next week drops the uh alphabet girls yep uh,
1: they are awesome poppins patches the the patches all the patches that i've given away those are from poppins patches they are super high quality there's
0: another poppins patch right there
1: yeah, the uh, save the children one with the wood chipper and wood the chip- symbol for pedosexuality,
0: wood going into
1: the wood chipper. Yes, and uh, he donates the proceeds from that to save the children. Um, they're really, really high quality patches. They're really, really oh, well. I am,
0: I am so, it. I am so happy with my Poppins patches. Like, I only have the two, and and I talked to the guy a little bit on Instagram, but uh, the quality of the patches, the the coloring, the detail. The the physical feel of the patches is just it's absolutely it's I'm so stoked on them. Yeah, they're, Dave. They're not, Dave does they're not fantastic. expensive. They're not expensive.
1: Yeah, they're they're not terribly expensive. Dave does absolutely fantastic work. He does do custom commissions too. If you would like uh, to order from him, you can order uh, group stuff. He does lots and lots of group stuff. I am planning on putting in a few group orders with him myself. Um, but again check out oh, Papa's patches for sure like them on facebook for the love yes. of god like
0: them on facebook follow his twitter linked do all in, that stuff man linked in the description below um yeah i don't have anything else on this this has been episode 108 um something something don't pretend to be a fake terrorist <laughs> <laughs>
1: The government, the the justice system sucks and don't be a fake terrorist. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, we'll catch you next time. Peace.